0: So uh, good morning, everyone. Welcome. And um, one of the things that I've been following, a young girl I've been following, is years ago, when we used to do the GLS for leaders all over Wales, um, they featured a young girl called Liz Bohannon. Now, let's have a picture up. She's a little bit older now. Now, does anyone remember her when she first came on our screens? And she was part of one of these... um, Uh, like, inspirational stories that they had in between sessions. And this young girl, she finished uni and she studied journalism. And she tried to get a job with, um, I think, the New York Post or something. She couldn't get a job and she decided she wanted to make a difference in the world. She bought a one-way ticket to Uganda and just got on a plane and uh, went out there to make a difference. And when she got out there, she made friends with some of the young women, and what she found was these young women had been sponsored to go through school, but now they had no money to go through further education. And they were in danger of being sent back to their villages where they're expected to get married young and work on the land, and yet they wanted to be doctors and lawyers and teachers and go on with their um, further education. And so what she did, she somehow got hold of a motorbike and started driving around Uganda, finding raw materials and learning how to make sandals by hand. Does this ring a bell with anyone now? And so she and three young women that she met, they started a business under a mango tree, and they literally sat under this mango tree making sandals, and then through the internet, she sold them in America. And this is how Seco Designs was born. And I remember watching her as just a young girl and being so inspired by her story. And she now employs women all over the world. But also Liz is a very funny woman. And um, she's raising two little boys and a baby. And I follow her on Instagram. And she is a, I would say, daily inspiration because she gets up to just crazy things. And just last week, she posted this story that I was going to share with you for this morning for Mother's Day. And it's a story about... Um, her two little boys, she's in the park, and she's pushing one on the swing, and the other one knows how to swing already. I'll read it to you. So she says this, Overheard in Costa Rica, they're on holiday there. While I was pushing, Will and Theo was swinging without help. Theo says, Will, can I give you some advice, little brother? And then we skip down. He says this to his brother, If you learn to swing on your own, a magical thing happens. It's like mum is always with you to push you, even if she isn't actually there. If you learn how, you can just swing whenever you want and imagine she is there, right behind you, pushing you higher and higher. And she goes, I'm not fine, thanks for asking. (laughs) And uh, I love it, this picture of kind of our role as mums is that when the children are young, they need us to push them on the swing, and then we teach them how to do it themselves. But this little chap, he says, it's like mum is still there pushing me higher and higher. And our life lessons are like pushing that little child on the swing till they learn to do it themselves. And our, little, you know, our voice, our wisdom, our teaching them how remains with them. I can't help thinking what little adventurers she is raising because she is quite crazy. And she wrote this book, Beginner's Pluck. Now, it's out of print, but if you can get hold of one, I think you'd really enjoy it. And Seco Designs now has grown to empower women all over the world, not just in East Africa, but they, they're an international fashion brand. And um, she recently hosted the Women's Pavilion in um, the Dubai Expo. I mean, it's just amazing how she's gone from just getting on a plane as a uni graduate and doing this and helping women across the world. Now, John Maxwell, who we know as a leadership expert, he says this about Liz. Liz Hannon is truly a transformational leader. Her belief that each person was created for a purpose is evident in the way she leads, inspires, and motivates others to build a life of passion and purpose. Her honesty, grit, and commitment to justice ignites others to create a positive impact in the world and be a part of something bigger than themselves. Now, that's great in her leadership, and I've seen her like weekends away with her crew and everything. But I'm wondering how that entrepreneurial, adventurous spirit gets poured into those little boys and is re- being reproduced in her family. Now, some months ago, she had a new baby, Jack. And when she had this little baby, she called him Jack because the name means God is gracious. And at the time, she caught COVID, and she had covid And went into labor and she was so ill that she nearly died and she's on oxygen support in ICU and very very ill and people who know her and love her and people from her church were all outside the hospital singing and some of them recorded on video that they're there singing praise and worship and a guitar outside the hospital that she can hear it in her room and um, it was she's in a very serious situation and once she was recovered enough She took the baby in a sling and she went up into the forest to her favorite place. And she knelt in the forest and gave God thanks for saving her for her boys and for her future and thanked him for her survival. She said this, she put this on Instagram, "'About every three nights or so, whilst nursing him to sleep, Jack gets baptized in the tears of my gratitude. I'll just never get over God's mysterious kindness.'" Now, this is a mum with such resilience and determination, and you can see her passing it on to her little boys. Now, for you and I, for mums in the room here, our life may be nothing like Liz Hannon. We have no one-way ticket to another country, but in our own way, in our own unique life, we are affecting the little adventurers in our home. And we are pushing the swing for our children, and teaching them to swing for themselves and having our own adventures. And every day we model to our child what it is like to live life with purpose, to love, to be generous and to be resilient. And that's what we do. And our role, a mother's role, is to love, train, guide and protect that they have our voice and our guidance long after they don't need us to push the swing anymore. And in Proverbs 22, verse 6, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And that's our role, to be doing the training now. Training our children to become increasingly independent, to love others, to be generous, to discover their purpose, and to follow Jesus until they learn to swing by themselves. Now, we know as mums, don't we, that it is a continual process of letting go. I remember the first time we let a babysitter look after Rachel, and we bombed down to the cinema, watched the film. Uh, All the way there, we talked about Rachel, we watched the film. As soon as we came out, we talked about Rachel, bombed back. Of course, Rachel was absolutely fine, and a friend of ours had raised two boys and found it very, very amusing, my little detailed list of instructions, how to look after this baby. Uh, their first day in school, the first time they go to a party in someone's house, the first sleepover left in someone's house, off to camp, and eventually maybe off to uni. And are little birds leaving the nest? Now, there's a couple of things about leaving the nest. The first one is, don't let go too soon. Make sure that they are ready, because if they're unprepared and they still need your guidance, it's a big step leaving the nest, so make sure they're equipped for life outside the nest. But equally, don't hold on too long, because then the child stays dependent and immature, because they can't test the world for themselves. And it's a careful balance, the leaving the nest, not too soon, but not too late. I've pictured this like big 40-year-old bird still sat in the nest. Now, in nature, this is what happens with baby birds. This is really interesting to learn. Although baby birds, it's instinctive to fly, they don't learn by instinct, they learn by practice. And in the early days, all they know is that at regular intervals in their day, mummy bird will turn up and drop food in their mouth. And that's, you know, they could go on living like that quite happily. And what happens is the mother bird will start to stand further and further away from the nest, forcing the baby bird to come out to get food. And it has to learn to flap its wings and give it a try. And the baby bird learns that food is important, and it must move to get it, and not just be fed in situ. And its first flights are clumsy, and it often has many falls. But after those falls, it learns the skill of flying. And it has been known for a parent bird to push a baby bird from the nest. Now, why do they do this? Now, this nature article I was reading says this. Perhaps the baby will not quite realize that it can't survive unless it learns how to fly by itself and it becomes too dependent on the parent. Therefore, the parent will forcibly teach them that unless they learn how to flap their wings, they're going to keep hitting the ground and will never get the food they need to survive. So there in nature is a lesson for us. And I know as a mum, sometimes when the kids pop over to mine, I'm still asking, have you got your coat? It's going to be chilly, looks like rain. Uh, Text me when you get home. But there's a gradual leaving and helping them to to spread their wings, that we don't swoop in like a helicopter parent. You've all heard of helicopter parenting, haven't you? There's a problem in the child's life. parent swoops in like a helicopter, sorts it all out, swoops out again, and the child never learns those lessons themselves, and so they stay immature and are not prepared for life. So, parents, I know some of you, you're in the stage where children are still running around your feet, and the thought of them Moving on to new things is quite pleasant. (laughs) And then it might be that they're growing up and they're adult now and you don't want them to leave. But let's pray and make sure we're doing that fine balance. Now, our voice and values are really important as they grow towards independence, that they learn the things that we've taught them so that our godly wisdom can stay with them. But then they begin that relationship with Jesus that it's not just our voice they hear, but it's the voice of of Jesus. And that our vision, our our voice, and our values are those of Jesus. And so we've sown them in to their little lives. Now, maybe today you're in this room and you're not a mother, and yet you are a mother figure in someone's life. Maybe your uni mates look to you. Maybe you have nieces and nephews. Your voice and your example are great value to someone. So keep doing that role as a mother, even if you're not one biologically. Now, recently, I was reading a news piece uh, by um, a businesswoman called Mana al-Hinay. And Mana is an award-winning writer and communications consultant based in Abu Dhabi. Now, she is very successful and being featured in um, all these arenas of successful businesswomen in the Arab world. And she says, in all her success, she owes much of it to her mother. And she wrote this article recently, and I'm going to quote some of it. Now, she says, many of us entrepreneurs look to some of the biggest names in business for inspiration, and while there's nothing wrong with that, sometimes the biggest source of inspiration is right at home. A while ago, I was facing a big challenge in one of my businesses and thought there was no option left for me but to end the venture. It was a, and it was a conversation I had with my mother that helped me get back on track. She reminded me why I started the business and why I should not quit. The conversation we had wasn't filled with business advice. On the contrary, she asked me to look at matters from her perspective, an outsider. She pointed out where I'd gone wrong and how I could utilize my personal aptitudes to turn things to my advantage. And as we celebrate Mother's Day across the world, I look back at important lessons I learned from my mother that helped me push my business to new heights over the years. Would you like to hear her three lessons from mother? So maybe even if you're not a mother, this will help you. These, these were quite interesting. Number one was all about the personal touch. Her mother said to her, even in business and new technology, nothing beats picking up the phone and speaking face-to-face on a one-to-one, making that one-to-one connection. Never forget to do it in person. Her second piece of advice, never forget those who helped you along the way, those who offered advice, stood by you, those who cheered you on because they believe in you. And she reminds me to give them a call and always include them in my celebrations. It helps us to remember to always be grateful to our team players, those in work, those in our family, those who've helped us reach new heights, and to everyone who's invested their precious time in you. And so this sows like a gratitude among the team, and that's something we can certainly do in our homes, is to sow an attitude of gratitude and generosity. And in this one, mums, this is particularly for you. Number three, this is such a mother's thing to do. Number three... Her mother says to her, Take a break, your business will thank you for it. And this is uh, to quote her about her mother My mother notices how hard I work. Like all mothers, she keeps on reminding me to eat my vegetables, to not skip meals, and to sleep early. But most importantly, she reminds me to shut off from work completely and immerse myself in things I enjoy doing. She tells me that if I am tired, my business will be tired too, and a tired business will not have the energy to grow. It can be hard to incorporate time to rest and enjoy life when you're building a business you're passionate about or when you're trying to make ends meet. But schedule in rest time as you would schedule meetings, and your business will thank you for it in the long run. And I thought this is really true for our mothering too. And to rest and replenish is very important, but finding time to do it is so hard. But I want to encourage you mums, take a little time to do the things you enjoy. It's important we focus on our children and raise our children and love them and do all the things that they need. But you are a person too. And it's important to take a little time to rest and replenish. Coffee with a friend a walk in the woods, whatever it is for you, schedule in some rest time, however hard it is take a break, ask for help, switch off and immerse your things in th- yourself in things you enjoy. A happy mother is a happy home. And to quote her, she says this, As I reflect back on my career, I realize my expertise is a compilation of knowledge I acquired, the conversations I had with inspiring business leaders and the projects I worked on. But I owe most of my expertise to my mother, for her wise guidance and her important lessons. So here is a mother's wisdom, even into adult life, and that's important for us. Now, many of you are just starting out on this adventure and having your first baby, and uh, it's important to be equipped for that little baby coming. And by that, I don't necessarily mean all the stuff in your house, but being equipped for the adventure. Now, some years ago, I read a book called Wild by the um, author Cheryl Strayed, And she'd gone through some uh, difficult things in her life that made her take on doing this Pacific Crest Trail. And she'd never done anything like this before, and she tried to get all the right gear. But when she went on the journey, she found other people had the experience and helped her. And this trek is a 1,100-mile trek from the Mojave Desert to the Oregon-Washington state line. And in this book, she goes through this journey of grief and alone in nature and everything she goes through. It's now a film with Reese Witherspoon, of course. So when there's a film of my life, Reese has asked to play me, Um, so that's okay, I said yes. so, in the book, you know, uh, Cheryl Strade, she details all the equipment that she needs and how she struggled with inadequate equipment, how prepared she was. And it reminded me years ago, our dear friend Randall Cutter from Florida. And Randall decided to climb Snowden and so he climbed Snowden in a very smart rain Mac and his black shiny wedding shoes and uh, he had stories to tell about that unprepared trip and of course our very own Simon from a kid spot a few weeks ago I think we all remember this kid spot from Simon showing I need to stay safe up a mountain while try not to be blown off the mountain while he was telling it and explaining to the children all the equipment you need to stay so mums how can we be equipped these just a few little ideas is this number one I want to encourage you build happy friendships with positive people surround yourself with positive people building happy friendships don't become isolated this is the beauty of church where you can belong number two get out once a day And it might feel like your own Pacific Crest Trail, all the equipment you need and the effort it takes, but it'll be really worth it. And number three, listen to wise and compassionate advice and resist media pressure and not caught up in comparisons. Now, it's easy to be looking on our phone, and it's interesting, Chloe and I just went to... um, Uh, Sweden to speak in a conference last weekend. Was it last weekend? Yeah. And it was whistle-stop. You know, we left the house, we drove to Bristol, got on a plane, changed planes, arrived, got driven. You know, we left here at lunchtime, we arrived at midnight, made a quick cup of tea, got into bed at one. We were sharing a funny little room with beds, feet to feet, uh, we went and did the conference, and then the next day, I just spoke in the morning, and literally within 15 minutes of getting off the platform, they put me in a car, back to the airport, back on a plane, back into Amsterdam, back into Bristol, and driving home. And Chloe said, we're going to be in Stockholm, and I won't see any of it. So the girl who was um, uh, organizing it, um, Johanna, who used, used to work here, and she, I said to Johanna, "Look." When there's a one-hour slot, I'm going to nip back to my room, go through my notes. Can you whiz Chloe around Stockholm? And so she had a 50-minute tour of the city center. But when you see it on Instagram, it looks a totally different story. We're looking relaxed and preaching, and it looks fun and great. And then there's pictures of Chloe having fika in Stockholm. And if you didn't know the story, you'd think we'd gone on a little holiday. And that's the beauty of Instagram, isn't it? So you young mums, don't believe what you see. Everybody is as tired as you and having a cry and didn't get any sleep, and that's okay. So don't compare yourselves. In fact, put that phone in a drawer and just carry on loving and enjoying your children. Now, Amy posted this a few weeks ago, and I texted her and said, oh, I'm gonna use that on Mother's Day. I love this quote, quote of the night. Popcorn is prepared in the same pot In the same heat in the same oil and yet the kernels do not pop at the same time don't compare your child to others their turn to pop is coming i love that that's good isn't it thanks amy and um let's not get caught up with what's going on on the internet but let's just fulfill our role of love and care with jesus help and number four is this to feed yourself spiritually If you want to be equipped, motherhood is a long-term gain, uh, um, a long-term route, a long journey. And we need to feed ourselves spiritually and not neglect that. Be reading our Bible, discovering truth, discovering what God has to say to us, listening to podcasts, praying, praying with others, just relaxing in worship, fellowship, be part of the church, sewn into your small group community and into the wider church. Make friends, accept help. And also serving. When we serve, take the child on the adventure with you. Don't say, I've got a child now, I can't be involved, I can't serve, I can't help. Don't count yourself out. Find ways that you can help and take the children on your journey of faith so they learn from your wisdom and they learn from your influence to follow in Jesus' way. Now, we all know Timothy, who was Paul's traveling companion, and he was greatly influenced by his mother and his grandmother. And I love this because by the end of this month, hopefully, I'm going to be a nana, and I will join all the ranks in the room here of the nanas and grandmothers. And how Timothy here was impacted, let's read the verse together, 1 Timothy 1, 4-6. Paul says to Timothy, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice. And I'm persuaded now lives in you also. And Timothy was this great influence in the New Testament church, traveling with Paul. And he had a head start because he uh, was raised under the faith of his grandmother and his mother and all that investment in the home. And then he went out and shared it with others and blazed a trail across the New Testament church. So mums and nanas are soon be joining the ranks. Let's keep going and influencing and caring and sharing our wisdom. And I love how their voice was in Timothy's head. And then he was following Jesus and serving the church. So mums, you have a huge influence. Pushing the swing, then letting them swing for themselves. In 1 Corinthians, Paul says, and this is encouraging the first century Christians, follow my example as I follow Christ. And that's true for us. For us as mothers, it's like we're saying to our children, follow my example as I follow Christ. So as I follow Jesus and how that impacts my daily life, follow me in those ways so we train them up from an early age. And it reminds me of the story of little Miriam in the Bible, you know, Moses' sister. And the context of this story now in Exodus 2 is where Pharaoh had started to ask the midwives to, when the babies were born, if it was a little girl, that was fine, but if it was a little boy, to kill the Hebrew boys because Pharaoh was worried that the um, Hebrews were taking over, although they were in slavery. And so because the midwives disobeyed because they were more frightened of God than Pharaoh, Pharaoh made this terrible dictate that when they were born, Hebrew baby boys would be thrown in the Nile. So this is where we pick up the story. Exodus 2, now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman. So this is like the priestly tribe. And she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. Now there's gonna be trouble. She's given birth to a son. When she saw he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. Now that is a feat, hiding a newborn baby for three months. I don't know how she did that. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. So I suppose technically she was doing what was asked. The baby was in the Nile, but he was in a basket. And his sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Because obviously there's no formula in those days. You've got a crying baby. Someone's got to feed it. Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, "'Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you.'" She got paid to nurse her own baby. Not bad, was it? "'So the woman took the baby and nursed him. "'And when the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, "'and he became her son. "'She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water.'" Now, this is the interesting thing in this story. For three months, Moses' mother has been very creative and uh, inventive in hiding the baby so that nobody, the neighbors, the soldiers, nobody will know. And all this was observed by her daughter. So for the whole three months, Miriam is watching and observing what mum does. And then there's this desperate plan to put the baby in the Nile. And Miriam watches her mother sew and make and weave this basket to craft it and coat it with tar and pitch to make it waterproof. And the whole time, Miriam is watching. And after this care, Miriam goes to watch what happens next. And she is so quick in the moment. When the princess finds the baby, there is Miriam. She has learnt for three months to sink on her feet, to look after the baby. How many near misses were it that Moses was nearly heard? And straight away, when they open the basket and the baby is crying, Miriam says, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby? She's quick, she's on it, she's learnt from her mother. She's watched, she's observed, and now she's doing it too. And she had copied her mother's example And so Moses gets reunited back with his family, even get paid to look after him. And he grows up. And it's interesting how when it's time to leave the nest, he too, as a son, carries the burden for the Hebrew slaves. He carries that burden, what he learned in the home. So even though he gets transferred to the palace, he doesn't leave his old life behind. What he was trained in, he continues in. And he goes into the palace with a burden for his people. And so here is this nameless mother who's raised Miriam and Moses. And here they are, copying her example. Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And putting in those values early, their love for Jesus, their love for the church, belonging, care for others, integrity, sharing, serving. And if we want them to follow Jesus and not crash, then we need to model how Jesus is in our lives and the value of church don't treat church as a weekend option. Oh, it's their birthday, we won't go to church. Oh, it's sunny, we're going to have a picnic instead. How we value gathering as church influences how our children view it. And so in their young years when they're growing up, if you don't want them as teenagers to not be here on a sunny day or when there's another option train that in them that this is our priority on a sunday morning we gather but more than that church is a community help them to start to be integrated into the community to serve to be part of the project to help uh, with other people so don't treat church as an option but make sure it's part of our lifestyle that they adopt it too like mummy behind them on the swing, just helping them. Not just your voice now, but Jesus' voice too. They go through life with the Holy Spirit, guiding them in his purposes. And Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So they transition from our voice in their head, although maybe it's always there. It looks like rain, you need a coat. But they transition to hearing Jesus' voice. And Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Let's get be trained up in that. And the young people in the room, you're sitting here in the room, make sure it's, it's, you're transitioning now, that you uh, value the advice of your parents, but you're hearing Jesus for yourself, moving you in the purposes of God. So Liz Hannan, When John Maxwell comments that she has this passionate belief that every life has a purpose, God has a purpose for our children's lives. And as we love them and train them, they'll be ready for their own adventure in his purposes. But also, we are not alone as mothers or as a parent. It is a hard task, but God is with you. And just as Tammy explained, with the help of Chickie, of course, someone did ask me the other day, which one's Tammy? I was like, oh, Chickie's mother. And they knew straight away. So the verse there where Jesus says in Matthew 23, how often I've desired to gather your children to to, together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. It's talking about God's care, wanting to gather the nation of Israel under his wings. And for us too... We are to come under God's protection. We're not meant to do this alone. It's hard to do it alone. When our forgiveness, when our patience is tested, we need the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our life, that He helps us when we need wisdom for our children. God says, "Pray and ask for wisdom, and He will give it to us." So when we, they need wise advice or encouragement, or just to test the mood, to know when to say and when not to, when to help and when to hold back, and guiding them and helping them in their way. And in Psalm 91:4, it says, "This He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you'll find refuge." his faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart now a rampart is like an earth wall that was built for protection and as we are going on this journey of motherhood and we packed our rucksack we're equipped we're making positive friends we're part of the church we're following jesus you know we're walking with him we're not isolated but just know that he is with you and that his wings his feathers are around you he is your shield Here's your rampart. And don't do this thing alone, but do it with God's strength. And just a last word in the room. For any children sitting in this room who are too old for Sunday school, I just want to encourage you, and the young people, and students too, if you're here, to know that mothering is not an easy task. And it's easy as we grow up to notice the flaws in our mum. So when we were little, and I remember Chloe looking up at me with adoring eyes as a little child, big brown chocolate button eyes, and it was wonderful. And I knew that one day she would have more discernment (laughs) that I I fail to, but we still love each other dearly, you know, and all my children, obviously. But that just look of, like, complete trust. So you young people, when you look at your mums now and you see the flaws, to know they are trying their best, and they are human too, and that you can really help them. As mums, we don't always get it right, but we are trying hard. And to get the best out of your mum, make her job easier. Help her, support her, tell her that you love her, show her appreciation. There's a great verse in the Bible that says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, so that it may go well with you. And you may enjoy long life on the earth. If you want it to go well with you, then honor your parents. And in Colossians, it says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. If you want to know how how to please the Lord, honor your parents. And today, on Mother's Day, make sure you tell your mother that you love her and that you appreciate her and all that she has done. So, lastly, mothers, I want to encourage you keep going. You're doing a great job. No one else can do the job you do. Even if you see someone else who thinks a better mother, your children don't want that better mother. They want you because you are the only mother they've got. So relax, schedule in some mini rests, look after yourself and stay close to Jesus as you set his example. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for mothers and your invention of mothers and care. And Lord, I pray for all the mothers today and those who aren't a mother but they fulfill a mothering role in someone's life. You'll come upon them now with your power and your energy to refresh them and replenish them. Lord, we know we we have made many mistakes as mothers and we ask that you'll forgive us and help us, Lord that help us to walk with you, that you will guide us as we seek to serve and love our children. And Father, we ask you now to cover us with your feathers, that we may find refuge sheltered under your wings, that your faithfulness will be our shield and your faithfulness will be the wall of protection that surrounds me. I pray, Lord, you'll give us energy and strength as we follow you and as we take our children on the adventure of your purposes. Amen.